I don't know how it happened. I just Travis's charm and magic. Who There's knows? There's no but. charm and magic. <laughs> I just called up and said, do you have reservations yeah. for tonight? And they said someone just canceled. The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 229. The New Orleans Superdome, home of the Saints and also host of many Super Bowls, is the largest fixed dome structure in the world. And the parking lot is an awesome place for a tailgate. When we travel, there are a few constants. One of them is undoubtedly the fact that we love to eat. And I'm really happy to admit that now New Orleans is one of my favorite food cities in the world. That certainly was not the case the first time I went. I thought I was missing something. I didn't understand why everyone talked it up as such a good food destination. But after going for a second time, I now understand. And we're going to be revealing a lot of our favorite places to eat in this podcast. Another one of the constants is the fact that no matter where I'm going, I always travel with my Tortuga backpack. So if you're looking for the best travel backpack, the one that I take with me, all over the world, whether I'm going to, to New Orleans, whether I'm going to Nairobi, you want to check out TortugaBackpacks.com. And don't forget, use the special promo code EPOP, that's E-P-O-P, all capital letters, because that will get you 10% off your entire order. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and joining me today is someone who may love New Orleans more than she loves me, my wife and constant travel companion, Heather. Oh, I don't think that's possible. Come on, Nola, the big easy. Well, I definitely love the city a lot. It is an enchanting city, and in today's episode, we are going to be doing a Destination Diaries on New Orleans. If you've never called a Destination Diaries episode before, what are you waiting for? This is when we give an on-the-ground report of everything that we did, that we loved, that we didn't like about a certain city, area, or region. This is, I just checked, the 13th Destination Diary episode. So if you're looking for this type of on-the-ground report for other places so far, we have done one on Japan, Cape Town, Chiang Mai, Thailand, Guatemala, Philadelphia, Portugal, Santiago de Compostela, Portland, Colorado, Croatia, India, Nashville, and now New Orleans. So if you like this, go check those out. You can get all those episodes at extrapackofpeanuts.com slash pods. A very eclectic mix of places that we have there. Yeah. And, you know, they're all around the world. Some of them are cities. Some of them are entire countries. But I'm excited to talk about another U.S. city because I feel like in the summertime, people are road tripping. You know, if you're not taking a huge trip, you know, out of the country, you're going to visit an American city. So we've got a few cities on here and I think we just keep plugging away. And the format stays the same. We are going to tell you our favorite places to eat, drink, 
things to do, where to sleep, and any other little tips. So specifically for New Orleans, there is a lot to cover. In today's episode, we're going to tell you our favorite places to eat, including maybe your favorite place of all time. Maybe. We're going to talk about the best happy hour spots. If you've listened to any other episodes, you know I love happy hours. They have who a, doesn't love happy who does, hour? Who doesn't? You're right. Who doesn't love happy hours? So we're going to give you the best happy hour spots in town. We're going to tell you our favorite po' boy and our favorite muffaletta, the two sandwiches that are constantly being like fighting for position as the best sandwich in New Orleans. You got po' boys, you got muffalettas. They're both awesome. We're going to give you our favorite places to drink, my favorite places on Bourbon Street, where you should stay, Things to do other than eating and drinking. Yes, believe it or not, there are some things to do in New Orleans Hard to other believe. than eating and drinking. Hard to believe, including one thing that's going to help you burn off some calories. And at the end, we're going to reveal how you can park for free in downtown, a really cool travel hack that we found out this trip in New Orleans. And at the very, very end, we're going to tell you our one can't miss, our one thing we think you could skip, and the one thing we wish we had been able to do because we were there for six days. So unfortunately, there were some things that we did miss. And I think we should start it off, obviously, with eating. And when we talk about eating, as you mentioned, who doesn't love happy hours? And we found some really, really cool, good happy hours in New Orleans. Yeah. Well, the first day we arrived, you know, we got there a little in the evening. So we went out to dinner. But the next day, we met up with an EPOP reader and, you know, he was like taking us out to a couple bars. But then he had to leave to go do um, a live music event. And we're like, okay, well, it's like 5 p.m. What do we do now? And the answer is happy hour. Happy hour. So we quickly Googled like the best happy hours in New Orleans. And there are so many. And I made it my mission to try to get to as many as possible. But unfortunately, we only had a certain amount of time. And so we hit up three that we really, really enjoy. Yeah, and my favorite part about these happy hours is that, you know, you can go to happy hours anywhere, but we went to some at really upscale restaurants slash hotels. And, you know, maybe you wouldn't want to go there for dinner because it's very expensive, but you go for happy hour and you get the same, you know, atmosphere and classy experience. But, I mean, we spent under $20 at each place probably. And that's the thing that New Orleans does really well. They have really upscale, super expensive not super expensive, but expensive restaurants. But they also do, and we're going to talk about this a little later, they do lunch fix, uh, lunch price fix menus at some of them. They do good happy hour deals. So yeah, you can be high class without having to spend high class money. At high one of those, class on a budget. High class on a budget. Travel more, spend less, folks. One of the places that we, we've got to mention is Brennan's. And that's where we went that first day after we met Jerry and he had to run off to a live music show. Um, Brennan's has a champagne happy hour. What's more high class th- than that? It's one of the nicest restaurants in the city. Um, right down there in the French Quarter, and you know, a champagne drink was I think five or six dollars. They had some really good appetizers ranging from five to ten dollars, and they had an awesome bartender, Eric, who uh, kind of liquored us up a little bit. Yeah, and a lot of these happy hour spots also have outside terraces. I would say more often than not. So if the weather is nice, you can sit outside or you can sit at the bar, and it's just. It's the best because, you know, you're feeling good. The weather is great. The sun's shining. You're drinking. It's like five o'clock. So, I mean, I can't imagine a more perfect way to spend an evening. Yeah. And we got the crispy black eyed peas, which we had never had before. Deep fried black eyed peas. Very good to go with the free like mudslide concoctions Eric gave us. And then he gave us some free gin. Just a really cool guy. A really neat 
atmosphere. Head to Brennan's if you want that classy upscale um, happy hour. Also, another place right around the corner from Brennan's that we went to actually after Brennan's because we were hungry was the Bombay Club. And the Bombay Club is also classy, a little more, um, I don't want to say subdued, but it's like a... It's, it's like, a little more casual. Yeah, it's like a club almost, like an old-timey kind of like smokers club, you know, right? And it's lounge. Yeah, and I mean, it's kind of like that British experience because it's the Bombay Club. And we sat outside here as well, and it was just really nice. The food was really good. I think this was the best happy hour food we got. Well... I spoke too soon. It was one of the best happy hour foods we got. And they, they were everything on the appetizer menu was $3 and substantial portions. We got like a pretzel, little two little tacos. Um, we got about four things for 12 bucks and we were stuffed. Yeah, it was a great happy hour. And they typically, I believe, also have some uh, live music, some jazz music inside as well. So just a cool spot to hit up on your happy hour route. And then the next day, I didn't take you here because I thought the happy hour was five to seven. It was actually three to five, so we missed it. But then the next day, I took you, or we went to, I shouldn't say I took you, we went to a place that you love and I love as well. Yeah, one of my favorite restaurants that I've been to, and it's called Dominica. It's in, I think, is it in the Waldorf Hotel? It's, it's the Rosewood Hotel, which, which is, a is a Waldorf Astoria. So it's, again, super so classy. it's really nice. The restaurant itself is beautiful inside, and they have some of the best pizza I've had in the world. Yeah, half-price pizzas, half-price beer, and half-price wine from three to five. And here's the kicker, every day of the week. So it doesn't matter whether it's a Saturday or Sunday. So head to Dominica. Um, really nice restaurant. You could go for dinner too. Um, it would be twice as expensive. I suggest going for happy hour, but remember, three to five, not five to seven. So start your happy hour at Domenica yes, at good three. Idea. Then you can roll into some of these other places. Those were the three best happy hours we we found that we actually went to, but there were a few more that we didn't get to that yeah, we wish we and had. And one that a lot of people, a lot of our readers and listeners recommended to us was the St. James Cheese Company. And I can't believe we didn't go there knowing how much I love cheese and wine, but we just didn't make it. And I think that would definitely be a spot to hit up. And there's a place that is down by the waterfront called Latitude 29 that ha- it's like a kind of a Mexican cocktail bar type thing that if you're down that way by the waterfront, maybe you've gone to Cafe Du Monde to get some beignets. Apparently, they have a really good happy hour as well, which we didn't get to. But we did get a lot of other regular, we'll call it regular eating in. And this list has to start with a place that is some of the best food I've ever had. And as you might say it it might be the best food you've ever had or at least right up there it's definitely top of my list i don't know if it's number one but because it was so recent that we just went and i and i loved every single second of the experience i would have to say it's probably my number one and that is shia which is in on magazine magazine street in new orleans and you guys know i like to do a lot of research so i was actually reading through a new orleans um, eating guide, and I realized this. Oh my gosh! Yeah, there was a book. A book. I forgot about the book. Travis read the book front cover to, to cover. Yeah. So I, I am an encyclopedia of <laughs> places to go in New Orleans. Unfortunately, it's six days. We didn't get everywhere, and the portions are so big. Yeah, it was impossible. But Shia is actually the the head chef. His last name is Shia. He was the chef before at Domenica, the place that we told you to go for the pizza for happy hour. So um, it is an Israeli Mediterranean restaurant. 
and it is very hard to get into, and it just won a James Beard Award. As everyone in New Orleans likes to talk about the James Beard Awards, which are you know the awards for the best restaurants, it just won Best New Restaurant in the United States in 2016. Hard to get into. We got lucky. I don't know how it happened. I, just Travis's charm and magic. Who There's knows? There's no but... <laughs> charm and magic. I just called up and said, do you have reservations yeah. for tonight? And they said someone just canceled. Yeah. So it was very lucky. Uh, so we got in. It was a Friday night. We went at 8 p.m. We went. It was the three of us, Trav, myself, and my sister. And we just had amazing food. The best pita you will ever have. And I had just come from Israel, so I was a little like, oh, it's just, yeah, you the were food skeptical. in Israel was amazing. Yeah. So I'm like, is this really going to live up to the hype? Uh, the best pita I've ever had in my life. I don't know I what mean, they do like for that pita. it's like fresh and so good and it's like unlimited and we could have... We could have eaten it all night, but, you know, we tried to limit because we wanted to be able to taste lots of different yeah, things. Yeah, so you but go and you get a few so small plates, and um, then we, we got a hummus plate, which is about 10 bucks, and then you all we got one big plate. So we got three little small plates, um, which were $5 each, little kind of tiny little tapas things, and then we got a $10 hummus, and then we got a big plate, which was 26 bucks, and it was this amazing chicken. So all told, for three people... And we got a dessert, which I think you should tell them about the dessert. Yeah, the dessert was the most exceptional thing I've ever eaten. And I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before, but I am a chocoholic. I love chocolate. This dessert had no chocolate in it, and it was still the best dessert I've ever had. It was a Labneh cheesecake, which Labneh is a cultured like Greek yogurt that's reduced or whatever. Trav knows how to make it after coming from Israel, but it's a lighter style of a cheesecake. Right. It's not heavy. It's not heavy. It's very light and a little tart. And they had like a homemade granola with honey ice cream, burnt honey ice cream, and then like a caramelized fruit like glaze. Anyway, it was the best thing I've ever eaten. It was an amazing dessert. So when you go to Shia... Make sure you go and you get that Labne cheesecake with burnt honey ice cream. Call ahead, get some reservations for three people. I think it cost us with tip something like 70, 75 bucks. So it's not super expensive. You could spend a lot, but I mean, we were full after that. So you can go and it's really reasonably priced and it's yeah, fantastic. We didn't get any drinks though and it's not a BYOB. So that's the price without any drinks. Moving on from Shia, one of the coolest things that we got to do, and this could actually fall under activities as well. We'll throw it in here as, as eating though, because it, it does revolve around eating. And that is Arno's Jazz Brunch. This is on Sunday. It was 30 to $40 a person, price fix menu, four courses um, on a Sunday morning. And you get to experience an awesome jazz uh three jazz musicians play to you as you're eating amazing food at arno's and it's a leisurely experience i mean you're there an hour and a half maybe to two hours it's relaxing it's so much fun and the food was really really good i mean i was excited to go just because it's a jazz brunch and i love brunch and travis isn't a really big brunch guy so i usually think it's overrated like you go and you don't get great breakfast food or great lunch food and it's expensive is typically what my i don't think he's been to enough brunches but anyway i was excited but it over went my expectations yeah it was amazing i am if you want some recommendations on things to get i you can't go wrong with the menu but we got a crab cheesecake which is like a savory sounds very odd a savory cheesecake it was phenomenal delicious and um the the shrimp arno which is a signature dish for their appetizer i mean you can't go wrong there heather got a waffle as an appetizer also really good. And they had another incredible dessert, which as a chocoholic, 
this time it was chocolate. Yeah, a chocolate tort, which was really decadent and delicious. But, you know, because you're there for so long and the portions are, you know, they're not too big. They're not too small. They're just right. So you can literally fit all this food in in two hours and walk out of there and not feel too full. But it was just a great experience. So head to Arno's for their jazz brunch. And if you're there, um, EPOP listener and um, reader, a frequent Fire Bootcamp member, a really good friend of ours now, Jerry, is the saxophone player in the jazz trio. Tell him that you know Travis and Heather from Extra Pack of Peanuts. He's an amazing guy, awesome musician. He'll play you whatever song you want. Just a really, really cool experience. Other places that we ate that we loved, Koshone, uh, Co- I can never say this, Koshone Butcher. Butcher. Uh, there's a Koshone, which is a really good restaurant. And then the Butcher is like their sandwiches and stuff like that. Small plates. Yeah, stuff. small plates. Really, really good place. We got an incredible muffaletta there, which was really greasy and oily and delicious. Yeah, the food there was very good. It's a cool vibe. It's like open seating. The drinks looked great. So definitely a cool spot. I, I don't know if they're muffaletta. So we're, we're trying to f- determine the best muffaletta here. And if you don't know what a muffaletta is, it's basically a lot of different meats. It's kind of Italian. Like it reminds me of an Italian sandwich. So it has like salami and ham and like all these meats. And it has cheese and like an olive spread on it. And it's usually on like a big fluffy, like a big sesame, sesame roll. Bun. Really fantastic. I'm trying to decide my favorite muffaletta between Kosho and Butcher or the place that a lot of you e-poppers recommended that we go for a muffaletta, which was also really fantastic and huge, Napoleon House. Uh, my favorite was Napoleon House. I thought the muffaletta was a little bit better. And I also love Napoleon House because we went there the very first night. That's the first thing that we did. We had had three or four or five people tell us, go to Napoleon House. So that was the first stop. That was the first thing we did. And Trav got some jambalaya, which was good. But I don't love jambalaya. So I got the muffaletta and we shared it. And it's huge. So you can share it. It was so good. And I love Napoleon House because it's like, well, apparently it was built for Napoleon when he was going to be coming to the U.S. to New Orleans when he was in exile or whatever. But it never ended up coming. Quick aside, that's one of the neat things about New Orleans is there's just so much history behind all these buildings. So much history. So it's this beautiful old building and it's kind of like almost like feels like it's crumbling inside. You know what I mean? And there's this open courtyard and the, the vibe in there is really cool. And it just felt like New Orleans to me. So as the first place when you get to New Orleans, I would say go to Napoleon House first because you just kind of jump right in and you get in this mindset and the spirit of New Orleans and you can have this amazing sandwich. And there's other, I mean, there's plenty of other good food and it's cheap. And that's the thing. Um, If you get half a muffaletta, it's enough for two people for sure. You get a full one, be prepared to walk out of there. Excuse me, probably roll out of there. Yeah, and their drinks are not expensive either. They have a famous Pim's Cup, which is a British cocktail, and that's pretty tasty as well. And you're right there in the smack in the middle of the French Quarter, so it's a good introduction to New Orleans. Head to Napoleon House. Of course, we're talking New Orleans. Most people who have heard of New Orleans and heard about food talk about Café du Monde and their famous beignets. Did they live up to the hype for you, Hat? They did. I mean, the... Definitely Cafe Newman has the best because we went to some other places and I didn't like them as much. So we had to do our due diligence and research and try some other beignets and Cafe Dumont was the best. Yeah. It was tough, but somebody had to eat all those beignets. So yeah, it was very good. I am a little spoiled though, coming from New England and like fried dough is kind of a thing up there. My mom used to make it when I was little and I feel like hers is better. 
But, I mean, you have to get them, and they are tasty. And it's a worthwhile experience. So head to Cafe Dumont right there on the waterfront. It's just a fun atmosphere. And one thing that we learned, I didn't know this the first time I went to New Orleans, but I learned this when Heather was out, or we wanted to go out at 11 p.m. We didn't really want to go drink on Bourbon Street. Heather wanted beignets from Cafe Dumont. They're open 24 hours. 24 hours. So, excellent. Any time of the day, you can go to Cafe Dumont and get some beignets. One of the things I wanted to mention as regular eating, because on top of beignets, I also love ice cream. I'm an ice cream connoisseur. So, I did check out, check out the place that was recommended to me as the best ice cream place in New Orleans, Creole Creamery. It's okay. I'm not going to give it five stars by any means. I've had a lot of better ice cream, but if you are hankering for some ice cream, Maybe make your way over to Creole Creamery. Um, but I was a touch disappointed because I, I made a pilgrimage out there to get he it. He talked about going to Creole Creamery like for four days straight until he finally went to Creole Creamery. <laughs> so he made the pilgrimage out there and I guess it didn't really it was just, live up to your expectations. It was just okay. But speaking of pilgrimages, we did hit, I mean, we wanted to try to get as many po'boys in. And again, as we said, we had six days. So we've done, we did all this in six days. We want to try to get as many po'boys in. And uh, there were a few on the top of the list. And Domalisi's, is, was one of them. And that was the first place we went to get a po' boy. Because to be honest, I was a little disappointed. And I talk about this in our road trip episode. Um, the first time I went to New Orleans, I was a little disappointed in the food. Everyone talks about how good the eating is. And I was kind of like, well, I didn't really experience that. Yeah, there were some places that were okay. Fair, you went on a bachelor party. I don't think that like eating at nice restaurants was your top priority. It wasn't. It wasn't. And that's why I'm glad I went back. And during this thing, we basically committed ourselves to eating our way around the city. Um, and uh, one of those was to go to Po' Boys. And Domalisi's is an incredibly cool Po' Boy spot. It's like stepping back into time. It was great. The Po' Boy was delicious. But the fa- my favorite thing that we got were the French fries. These are some of the coolest, best French fries I've ever had. They're like super crispy. They're seasoned and they're like in a crazy strange shape. But they were awesome. My, I love the French fries. I think my favorite part was the two old ladies well, behind sure, the counter sure. who just were so were they sweet. they like 85 They've years old? They've been there forever. I asked them, oh, how long has Domelisi's been around? They said, oh, 100 years. So um, it was just funny. And you can find tons of pictures of Peyton and Eli Manning because they lived around around the way from there and uh, as kids. So there's all these pictures on the wall of people who had a Domelisi's over the years. And there's like probably six or seven pictures of Peyton and Eli Manning like as little kids and as they grown and things like that. So definitely a place to check out. Not my favorite po' boy overall, but the atmosphere was incredible. And it is like stepping back into time. It's a really neat spot. So make the, make your way out there. And if you go there, you might as well do a bang bang, which, which means two lunches or two dinners or two sandwiches, whatever the time of day you're going, which is what we did. But to be fair, we shared one at each place. So it was basically like eating one whole sandwich. So around the corner, like maybe two blocks is Guys, which is a new po'boy place. And I actually think it might have been my favorite po'boy. Yeah, Guys had a, re- a better po'boy, I think, than Domelisi's. They just put a little more spread on it. Maybe there's a little more mayonnaise, you know, things like that. Um, ambiance, definitely not as good as Domelisi's, but a really good po'boy. We did get the fried shrimp po'boy at both those places. That was kind of our go-to, so we could uh, see which we, we liked better. Um, but... I did hear then a cheat code for guys is that they have a chicken parm po' boy, but it's not on the menu, so you have to ask for it. So if chicken parm's your thing, maybe check that out, I wish I had known that. And then the final destination, which was 
definitely a pilgrimage because where was it even? This was up a little north um, below City Park. And this was a place called Parkway Po'boys. And this was my favorite po'boy place when you consider ambiance and the po'boy. The po'boy, well, I thought, was as good as guys. Yeah. And technically, a Apparently, according to legend, this is the original location of the very first poor boy sandwich because they were making them for people who couldn't afford, you know, these just like workmen and they called it a poor boy sandwich and then it got shortened to po' boy. So according to their legend, they say they're the very first po' boy shop in and New Orleans. And it's, it's an institution much like Domelisi's and it's a really cool spot and you're probably going to have to wait in line. We didn't because we were there during Jazz Fest and everyone's at the concert. And we got there right when it opened too. And we got right when it opened at 1130 and it's a cool spot. Uh, lots of outdoor seating outside. It's just an old, not run down, but it's an old building. You could tell they've been doing the same thing for years and years and years. We got another fried shrimp on. One of the things we had heard is that they just stack these full of, of stuff. Like there's a, Sometimes I don't like the po, uh, po' boys because there's too much bread and not enough filling. Not the case at Parkway. They stuff this full. And they had sweet potato fries, which were good. And they had root beer, like in old glass bottles. Heather was loving that. Delicious. So, um, so Parkway I, Po' Boys. Yeah. We got the fried shrimp stuffed with shrimp, and we also got the alligator sausage. Both highly recommended. Par if you only can go to one place for Po' Boys, I'd recommend Parkway. I would too. I would too. Because I, I, don't, I don't necessarily think the guys was really better, I guess. So, I mean, yeah. all three of these places are great, but Parkway was probably my favorite. Do a bang, bang, bang. A sure, season guys and a Park Boys. <laughs> there are a few places we didn't get to that we wanted to get to. Heather, you mentioned one, the St. James Cheese um, Company for their happy hour. Um, one of the places that we that I tried to get to the first time I went and now the second time we, we just never made it was Willie Mays, which is up in Treme, which is very, very famous for its fried chicken. Some call it the best fried chicken in the world. So... Um, Make a trip up there if you have a chance. I think it's open 10 to 5, so and you're probably going to have to stand in line again. It's pretty touristy at some points now. But go to Willie Mays. And a po'boy place that I wanted to try out that a lot of people recommended to me that we never got to was Killer Po'boys right behind the Aaron Rose Bar, which is in the French Quarter. So, um, yeah, if you get a chance to go there, let us know. Tweet us at Pack of Peanuts at... Um, Sartorial Stripe. At Sartorial Stripe. Let us know if Killer Po'boy, how that goes. The last place, talking about fancy places, that we didn't get to go to and that we will certainly be going to next time is Commander Palace. This building is so beautiful. It's nestled right into the Garden District. So it's by all these beautiful, old, historic estate houses. And and it's just really cool-looking building. We didn't even go inside, actually. We just walked past it. But I definitely would love to do the lunch menu there, right? Because that's where it's, you know, more affordable than going for dinner. It's reasonable. They have a price-fixed lunch menu, which I think is $20.16, I think, every year. Then it goes up a cent. Three courses, something like that. Um, really affordable. And it is a place that has had Emerald Lagasse of, of you know TV fame, Emerald fame, I guess. And a bunch of other really, really well-known chefs go through as the head chef at this place. So apparently it's fantastic. It's beautiful, good food. And again, you can pretend to be kind of upper class without having to pay the upper class price tag if you go for the price fix lunch menu. So call ahead. We were told that if we were going to go to call ahead, make reservations for that. That's all the eating. Um, Ooh, and, we made and, it through. And we made it through. Let's talk a little bit about drinking. And there were two breweries that we ended up going to here the last night, um, both that we enjoyed. One was a new place called Courtyard Brewing. And I think it's new within the last five or six months. 
lots of good beer there. Yeah, they have their own beer, and then they have quite a few different beers on draft from around the country. And it's a really cool spot. I mean, it's like a small little room with all these taps, and then they have a lot of outdoor space. Nothing fancy. Nothing fancy. Uh, They also have a food truck there that wasn't open when we were there, but it's really cool, and their beer was good. Yeah, very, very good beer. A lot of IPAs, which we loved. And again, as Heather mentioned, they have like some hard-to-get IPAs or, or hard-to-get beers from around the country as well. So they don't just have their own stuff. Including one that was how? Including 10%? one that was 10.5%. The Lagunitas um, Waldo 420. And um, Trav it was loved it. a triple IPA <laughs> and it was easy to drink. So at 10.5% when it's easy to drink, oh man, you're in trouble. So, danger, danger. Yeah, that's a specialty seasonal one that they that they were able to get. The other brewery we went to is the NOLA Brewery and that's down by the waterfront. And that was a bit more built out. I mean, it's, it's much, I, I want to say fancier. It's just, you know. It's, it's not fancy. It's just bigger. I think it's been bigger. around longer. And they have a whole like a barbecue part where it's not like, it's its own chef, I guess, that comes in. And so you can get food there as long as you go early enough. I think the kitchen closes at 10. But yeah, the, the beer was pretty good. And, and it's I think just really they have relaxed. a rooftop deck as well. We didn't go up on that, but I believe they have a rooftop deck that you can go up to. So two breweries to check out if you're, if you're a uh, beer lover and you want to go to more breweries as we usually do. Those places to check out. Talking about regular bars to go to and kind of then bringing it back into the French Quarter and Bourbon Street, you know, and all the craziness that is there. You know, you have all the craziest at night and that's what's cool about the French Quarter. At night, it's crazy. I went for a bachelor party the first time I ever went. We spent a lot of time on Bourbon Street. So you have that whole vibe at night. But during the day, it's really cool to go around too. I mean, there's some really neat spots. So I like how it kind of transitions to being like manageable during the day or party atmosphere at night. And we have a few places that we went that that we really like. One of those is the Copper Monkey, which Jerry took us to and talk about some strong drinks. Man. Wow. Yeah. You have to be careful with your drinking in the French Quarter, especially around Bourbon Street, because they make you really strong drinks and Some of it is just with the lower end, you know, the house liquor, the house liquor, which I don't particularly care for because I usually end up feeling terrible later. So you can request, obviously, the top shelf. But then I don't know. I feel like they make it even stronger. So just be careful. But it's a good spot and you only need a drink or two and you're feeling good. And we learned about going as we talked about the happy hour at Brennan's and the bartender, Eric. We learned about that from the bartender at the Copper Monkey who is Eric's wife named Zoe. And she was, she made me one hurricane. I had one hurricane there and I was, um, I was feeling it. So super strong drinks at the Copper Monkey, cool place to hang out. The chart room we also went to, that's kind of a locals establishment, a dive bar, not on bourbon, but around the corner there. So if you're looking for like a really local spot, that's really cheap, you can head to the chart room. And then a few of my favorite places right on Bourbon Street. Um, one of them is Lafitte's Blacksmith Shop, which is a really cool spot towards the end of Bourbon Street. Like you're actually kind of out of the mayhem when you hit Lafitte's Blacksmith Shop. But apparently, as some people claim, the oldest bar in America and Jean Lafitte's 
old blacksmith shop, which everyone loves John Lafitte there because he was a pirate. And, you know, you can read all about the history of John Lafitte, but everything's Lafitte, this, Lafitte, that. This was, uh, I think, his or his brother's old blacksmith shop and just a neat spot. It's definitely cool to go in there and just like relax, have a drink. And it's it's always usually pretty busy, whether it's during the day or at night. So it's a good spot. Yeah, cool, dark, old building. And they have an outdoor spot. And then the old Absinthe House is right on Bourbon Street in the middle of the mayhem. And I just, the first time I went, you know, you go into all these Bourbon Street places and it's crazy and people are drinking frozen drinks and hand grenades and you can order them for takeout and walk around the street, all this stuff. But the old Absinthe House is just, I don't know, it's just a cool spot to walk in and it, it seemed really authentic and fun. So check that out if you're on Bourbon Street. The last thing I want to mention on Bourbon Street, if you're going to go for some live music, and we're going to get to some live music stuff and activities just in a few moments, but the Funky Pirate Blues Club is a place that has a guy named Big Al Carson on every night right there on Bourbon Street. We had a really good time there when I went for my bachelor party. Just good live music, fun spot, Funky Pirate Blues Club. Um, you can get the hand, the famous hand grenades there, which are basically like green sugar drinks. So disgusting. I well, actually, I don't know because I refuse to try them. I couldn't talk Heather into trying them. They are disgust. Like they taste really good. They're gonna make you feel bad the next day. But if you're in New Orleans, when in New Orleans? No, I don't think so. I don't think you have to win in New Orleans. Listen, I I was there for six whole days. I didn't have one. And I have we'll to agree say to disagree. that it was a good decision. If you want to go classy, you can do that for the happy hours and maybe you slum it a little with a hand grenade at night. Come on. We're all, all types of different demographics here. Um, and so those are a few of my favorite places and my favorite two bars on Bourbon Street themselves, Lafitte's Blacksmith Shop and the old Absinthe House. Talk about Bourbon Street. And we want to give you some advice on where to stay in accommodations because Bourbon staying, you know, a lot of people know Bourbon Street. So when you start looking for a place, you're like, oh, how close is it to Bourbon Street? Well, I wouldn't suggest staying on Bourbon Street because it's naturally going to be pretty Very crazy loud. and pretty loud at night. And they have some really nice hotels on Bourbon Street. But yeah, I would definitely avoid it. I wasn't a big fan of Bourbon Street other than, you know, the cooler restaurants that we went to. But, um, we stayed right outside the French Quarter, and I think that was cool. Right west of Canal Street at a place called Le Meridian. It was a Starwood property. We used our Starwood points, 10,000 points a night. Pretty good deal because, you know, you're talking $250, $280 a night, 10,000 points. Um, we stayed there for three nights. Definitely nice. Had a good rooftop pool. pool. Yeah, fitness center. People were really nice. Um, and a really good location right there next to Harris, which is the casino. And there are a ton of different chain hotels there. So one of my recommendations would be if you want, if you have a lot of hotel points, if you know if you've been crewing them, this would be a good spot to maybe use some of those hotel points because there are a lot of chain hotels in that area, and that's within walking distance to the French yeah, Quarter. We I walked mean, half everywhere. A mile. Yeah, yeah, we walked everywhere from our hotel, and it was really convenient and easy. And I definitely would recommend that specific hotel and one of the things if you do want to stay in the french quarter that's totally that's totally fine i i get it i would maybe recommend not staying on bourbon street unless you're towards the very end of bourbon street um which would take you to the esplanade like then it gets quieter but right what's neat is right around there you know a block or two off it it dies down really easily so if you stay two blocks off bourbon if you're on royal or any of those streets or right around that that would be that would be fine now i don't know that there are really hotels 
in those areas. You might be able to find apartment rentals or something. Right. But most of the hotels are going to be on Bourbon Street or outside the French Quarter. Right. And speaking of apartment rentals, that's a really good way to go in New Orleans. Again, you guys know Airbnb, VRBO, HomeAway. Uh, just gives you a lot of options if you don't want to spend $250, $300 a night on a hotel room. You don't have hotel points. Check out some of the apartment rentals because there's really neat spots like there's really cool buildings and there and people doing some really neat stuff unique properties that you could stay on in the french quarter or we got we're lucky and stay with um two epop um fans uh cory and pepper who are fantastic and they have a property not on airbnb but on vrbo and home away which is it's hard with directions in new orleans but like northwest so this would be out a little bit in a I don't want to say a suburb because you're still in New Orleans, but you're about two miles from the French Quarter then. And so you definitely need a car if you're going to be staying because it's a pretty residential area, but it's still easily accessible. I mean, you could be to Mag- Magazine Street in five to 10 minutes and downtown in about 15 minutes. So it's really easy to get around. And that's another thing is that like the first time you went to New Orleans, you didn't have a car and you right. can obviously easily get around the city without a car. But this time we did have a car and it was so great because then we were able to go to all these places like Parkway po'boys and like City Park and you know it was a lot easier to get around. It definitely helps if you have a car or if you're willing to Uber up to those places. And we're going to give you our free parking hack uh, at the end of the show. It's it's really cool so that you know because it's expensive to park downtown in New Orleans. So if you drive down in, um, but one thing to remember too is if you are driving down in the French Quarter or any of those areas after six p.m. it is free parking until the next morning. So if you can find a parking spot, if you're driving down for the night. And uh, and you're just going to go out for dinner somewhere there. You could park at 6 p.m. and then leave that night and go back up to Corey and Peppers or anyone's type of properties. We will link that in the show notes, their specific apartment. It was awesome. It was a first floor apartment. Really fantastic. Cool to be in a different part of New Orleans and be a little, you know, because there's, there's stuff to see there. And you could stay out that way. You could also stay on Magazine Street and in the Garden District. Yeah. So those are some of our recommendations of of where to stay and kind of places to look at, depending on what you want. If you don't want to be in the hubbub of it, don't stay on Bourbon. You could stay out in the Garden District and and it would be a lot quieter and it's easy to get down. Some of the activities to do other than eating, although I think maybe we should start with an activity that is eating that we've already touched on, just because (laughs) I want to get back to it and how cool it was. The Jazz Brunch at Arno's. If you're there on a Sunday, go and do a Jazz Brunch. It is a New Orleans tradition and it's really, really neat. And for someone who doesn't even like brunch, I, that's a pretty high accolade. So Exactly. Now, if you want to walk off some of those calories, one of the neatest things to do in New Orleans are the walking tours. And there's a really cool company called Free Tours by Foot. And what they do is they do guided walking tours. They do one of the um, French Quarter. They do a ghost tour. They also do one of the Garden District. They have like four or five different guided walking tours where you then, and we've done this in multiple cities around the world and we always love it, then these the guides make money off tips. So you decide after the after the tour what you want to pay them, which is really a neat way to go about it so you're not paying money up front. So free tours by foot, you can check that out. They have New Orleans walking tours, but they also have maps that if you just want to do a self-guided one, you can. Which is what we did because Travis is obsessed with researching. So he obviously knew all of the good spots in the Garden District to walk past. So he did all of his research and then he gave my sister and me a tour of the Garden District. And I think that is one of, I would definitely do a walking tour of the French Quarter 
um, because all those buildings, like who knows all the history behind him, and let's go the guide who does know it. Sure. But the Garden District as well, I would do walking tours of both. They're so distinct, they're so different. And the Garden District, I mean, talk about crazy, huge mansions and estates, including, um, we, you know, we got to walk by Peyton and Eli Manning's <laughs> childhood home. I, which, hey, cool for me being a sports fan. And it's right there, right on First Ave. And the parents still live there some of the time. And it's just interesting that you can walk by their house and you know where it is. But there are just some crazy, huge houses. And, and it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful because there's all these big trees and like the landscape is very beautiful. And it's it's in downtown. I mean, not downtown, but it's in the city limits of New Orleans, which is so cool to be in a city and then have this gorgeous residential area to walk through. I mean, you're two miles from the French Quarter. You could feasibly walk from the French Quarter here. And this is the enchanting part of New Orleans when you get out in the Garden District and you have the huge trees over the streets and you have the big houses. It's just like, it's what I think of when I think of the New Orleans that isn't Bourbon Street. That's where you want to head. Right. The and that's District. also where Commander's Palace is, right? In that right. area. So you could do lunch and then a walking tour, walking tour, then lunch. Do that. Yeah. yeah. There you, there's your itinerary. Mm-hmm. Price fix lunch, walking tour, Hop over to the French Quarter for the happy hours. Then you're all set. Um, We'd be remiss, of course, one of the main things to do in New Orleans, other than eat and drink and walk around, is live music. I mean, this is one of the reasons that people head down to New Orleans. And a few of the things that we would recommend, one is head to Frenchman Street. Um, It used to be like a local spot, but now it's known, but it's still cool. There's a bunch of bars and restaurants there. Yeah, and live musicians just out on the street, a lot of performances, you know, just as you're walking past that you can listen to and, you know, support through tips or buying CDs and things like that. So, I mean, we even found a cool little group that we bought a CD for. It's just fun to see people doing that. It's a nice vibe. And yeah, a lot of venues on Frenchmen that you can just go in for an evening show or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Spotted Cat is one of them that, that we I've been in before. I mean, there's, there's probably 15 of them within a two or three block radius. And it's just a fun atmosphere at night. Not as wild as bourbon because it's not all about drinking. It's like the music and drinking. So a cool... Um, alternative to Bourbon Street. And then um, Royal Street, as Heather mentioned, we were told has some of the best buskers during the day. So at night, Bourbon Street becomes pedestrian only. During the day, one, I believe, north of it, I think is Royal Street, maybe south of it, but one block up is Royal Street, really, really pretty. And during the day, that's pedestrian only. And you have a lot of the buskers, the people who are just out there playing for tips. And you see some really, really cool musicians there. Absolutely. The last thing for live music, and we didn't get to do this, but we wanted to, and a, and a lot of recommendations from ePoppers was Prospect Hall, and they have shows 8, 9, and 10 p.m. every night, and it's like old school jazz, and I think you pay 10, 15 bucks, and you go in and you sit on the floor unless you pay more to actually go and, and have a seat, but it's cramped, it's hot, apparently they don't have air conditioning, it's an hour show, Um Excuse me, Heather's pulling it up, not Prospect Hall. What? Preservation <laughs> Hall. I don't know why I said that. Preservation Hall. Um, definitely check it out. We we didn't get to do it, but it's something that we want to get back to and do. Absolutely. I mean, I think we need to head back to New Orleans as soon as possible. Especially talking about all this food and live music, and it's kind of cloudy here in Philadelphia today. Back to New Orleans as soon as possible. (laughs) A few more things that you can do that um, uh, City Park, huge park up 
kind of north of the French Quarter. If you have a car, worth going up, driving through, um, especially if it's a nice day. If you don't have a car, eh, I, I might not Uber up there, right? Yeah, I, mean, I don't really think it was that worth it. No, it was it was all right. Um, Go on an alligator tour. I did these two things when I was down for a bachelor party. You know, you go out of the city, you go on an alligator tour, a swamp tour. That was actually really, really fun. Well worth the money. I don't have a company to recommend for that. There's you know, talk to anyone down there and they'll be able to sell you a swamp tour, an alligator tour. They're probably all pretty similar. Um, it was a cool experience, very touristy, but really, really neat. And uh, tailgate before a Saints game. If you're down mm, that there- That would be fun. Even I would like to do that. That, I got lucky. I was at uh, watching Big Al Carson at the Funky Pirate on a Saturday night. And there were some guys there who had tickets for the Saints game the next day, their home game. And they're like, why don't you come to our tailgate? And we got there at 8 a.m., me and my buddy Dave the next day. And 8 a.m. to noon, we tailgated, and I have a lot of experience tailgating at a lot of sporting events, and I can say um, pretty safely that this might have been my favorite tailgate experience ever. So um, if you're there during a Saints game, just head on down, try to tailgate. Really fun. You can go to um, you know, get a ticket to a game, something like that, which leads us to kind of the end of this episode and one of the hacks that we found out. And that was the free such an epic hack parking and how to get free parking right downtown in New Orleans. Because if you valet at Le Meridian or any of these hotels, you're talking thirty five to forty five dollars. Yeah, fifty dollars with tax a day. And even if you park in just a regular garage, you're looking at thirty thirty five dollars a night. So finding this will save you a lot of money. It will. And if you're staying there for free and you don't mind spending $50, that's totally fine. I would be tempted to do that. Travis, however, is not. So travel I have to more, say, spend less. Travel more, spend less. I have to say, this travel hack was actually more fun than I thought it would be. What you want to do, and we were staying at Le Meridian, which was literally next door to Harry's Hotel and Casino. And so if you go and play for 30 minutes at the casino, you can get your parking validated, all right? So you get free 24-hour parking. So all you have to do is you drive into the Harris Garage, a little hard to find, but it's across the street, go on Convention Center Boulevard. It's across the street from the casino. You park in the garage, you bring your ticket with you, or actually, no, no you don't you even don't have to- don't bring your ticket with I'm you. I'm sorry, you, you don't park have to your car. ticket. You park you your car. You exit the parking garage. At some point within 24 hours of your parking- you need to go and play 30 minutes at the casino. So you walk into the casino, you get a frequent players member card, which is free, and you put it into a slot machine and it tracks how long you've played. So we usually play, you know, 30 to 40 minutes, depending on if we switch machines to make sure we've had 30 minutes logged in. You get free drinks, which is also fun. And yeah, you just, we paid the penny slot. So we literally would spend $1 over 30 to 40 minutes and then have free parking for 24 hours. Right. And the key is that you can do it at any time. So after you park, you don't have to go do it right away. Just, you know, let's say you park at noon one day. By noon the next day when you're pulling your car out, you will have had to pay 30 minutes. So for example, we parked, we went to a ton of stuff. We went to bed that night. The next morning we got up, we went over to the casino, we played 30 minutes, and then we moved our car. And and you can do it over and over you again. You can. And I don't know if this is true or not, but the one parking attendant said that you don't even have to move your car. You could leave it in for three days. Now, I don't know if you want to chance it because it might not be the case, but one parking attendant said you could just leave it in and just continue to play and yeah. and, and it would be fine when you left. So or you could move it every day. Quick rundown, park in the garage. 
get uh, into the casino, get the frequent player card, put it in this machines, whatever you're playing. You can actually go. I mean, if you like the casinos, you can go. You can play poker. You can play craps. You can play roulette, whatever. Obviously. We did the penny slots yeah. and it cost us $1. We actually made money the first day. Again, got some drinks. Um, it tracks it. And then when you're leaving the parking garage, you just give them the frequent player card and the ticket and it's totally free. So that's a way to save 35 bucks a day. Um, and it only has to be 30 minutes. So that's our special New Orleans free parking hack. We did it for three straight days. So in essence, we saved ourselves around 120, 130 bucks. And we got, it was kind of fun. Like we went to the casino and we don't love gambling, but to sit and play the penny slots for half an hour. Yeah, which gave me more money for shopping, which is something that we didn't mention as the list of things to do. But if you enjoy shopping, whether it's for home stuff, for clothes, antiques, whatever, Magazine Street has some of the coolest boutiques and shops. You could just walk along them, pop into shops, go get a drink, continue shopping. So I did that with my sister while Trav was plotting out our walking course of the garden district. And it was really fun. And my favorite shop, which is called Lucy Rose, has really, really affordable women's fashion. It's a great boutique. And like everything was really under $100. So you could get things for 30 bucks or, you know, it wasn't too expensive. So. Yeah, and I got to plot out the walking tour as they were doing it. And it, Magazine Street is the beginning of the Garden District, like the south end. So then you just walk right up into all these beautiful homes. A really, really cool area of New Orleans that I think sometimes people miss when they're just doing the Bourbon Street uh, French Quarter side. So get out and do that if possible. I want to get your opinion on your can't miss, the thing you would skip, and the thing that you wish we had done. So for for you, and this is just quick hitters, what's the one thing you think if someone comes to New Orleans, one thing that they cannot miss, that they have to do? Arno's Jazz Brunch. That's the exact same as mine. We don't talk about beforehand. I agree. Go to Arno's for the Jazz Brunch on Sunday. Say hi to Jerry. Tell him that you heard about him from Extra Pack of Peanuts. He will be elated. He's an awesome guy. Can we throw Shia on there if you can get a reservation? Absolutely, obviously. All right. Try that out as well. Best rest, new restaurant in America, 2016. There you go. Um, the thing that you think people could skip... I definitively would say you can skip Bourbon Street at night. Travis disagrees, and he made me, literally made me walk down Bourbon Street at 11.30 p.m. on a Saturday night. And I have to say, you're not missing anything. I just wanted you to have the experience so that when people talk about Bourbon Street and what it's like, you you could picture it in your mind. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> not. She was not impressed. I listen. There's I, nothing wrong with going the to Bourbon Street. People watching on Bourbon Street is amazing. There's. I'm not going to say you should avoid it. I'm just saying I would skip it. I have no need to do it. Go to Frenchman instead. You can still see lots of people, even crazy people. You Fair know. Fair enough. But fair enough. With a few drinks in here, Bourbon Street at night might be a little more. Well, fun that was your well. first mistake. I was stone cold sober. So. so. Um, yeah, it's something that's not for everyone, and you definitely don't have to do it every night that you're in New Orleans unless you're there for some sort of And honestly, part. there's nothing I would skip about New Orleans, so that was the only thing I could really the, think of. <laughs> same with me. It was very hard to pick this. The one thing that just didn't uh, meet my expectations was Creole Creamery. And again, this is hard <laughs> to pick because there's nothing I really didn't like. New Orleans was great, okay. but I was just really hyped up for this ice cream place, and it was just okay. So... um if you want ice cream, go there. But if you don't love ice cream, feel free to skip it. What's one thing that you wish we had done that we didn't get to do? I wish we had done some type of cool like ghost tour, like a bar crawl or something like that, like a guided group tour. We didn't do any of that. 
And I did that when I was there for my bachelor party the first time. Not mine, but a bachelor party the first time. And it was neat. And I think that those are fun. It's always fun to get a guided tour because whether they're making it up or not, you don't know. And it's just fun because there's so much history there in New Orleans. The thing that I wish we had done was what I called Prospect Hall before, but no, Preservation Hall was the old jazz um, show at Preservation Hall. A lot of people recommend it. We just never ended up getting there. I would love to go back to New Orleans and do Preservation Hall. So it looks like to me, in the name of research, we need to head back to New Orleans pretty quickly. Book a flight because I don't want to drive again. We'll book a flight down there. <laughs> we'll meet you guys there. If you've been to New Orleans, we hope this helped jog some of the memories. If you haven't been to New Orleans, get there. It's an amazing, amazing place. We will be heading back for sure. If you want to get all the show notes of everything we talked about, we're doing a new little thing that makes it easier for you to get the show notes here. Extrapackofpeanuts.com slash 229. That's 229. Extrapackofpeanuts.com slash 229. That'll get you with the show notes for this episode, which is episode 229. And you can check out all the places. We've linked to everything there. I will recommend if you like this episode and you want to check out some of the other Destination Diary ones too, you can search for Destination diary on the extra pack of peanuts.com slash pods page. That's where all our podcasts are. Or you can all obviously scroll through iTunes, Stitcher, whatever, find destination diary of a place that you want to go or that you've been. And also this was part of our road trip. So if you haven't listened to those podcasts, we do recap our uh, three week road trip, including some of the stuff we talked about in New Orleans, but also Nashville, Asheville, Charlottesville, Birmingham, Alabama, where we recap all of that as well and and give some superlatives like our best food, our favorite brewery, stuff like that. Um, So you can check that out as well. Thank you guys for tuning in today. Don't forget our our sponsor for the show, Tortuga Backpacks. If you're looking for the best travel backpack, tortugabackpacks.com. Use the promo code EPOP, E-P-O-P, all capital letters, because that will get you 10% off your entire order. Thank you for the support as always. We should mention if you're listening to this live and you want to travel, live, and work anywhere, and that includes whether you're doing a road trip or not, we are May 31st through June 6th doing our once-a-year huge, huge blowout of a thing that we call The Paradise Pack. And if you want more information on that, you can go to theparadisepack.com. It's only on sale once a year, and it is the best products in the world to help people travel, live, and work anywhere in the world. Such an epic pack of amazing resources. So check that out if you're interested in that. And uh, until next time, everyone, thanks for joining us and happy free travels. I'll show you Paris.